This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. It's another a study in literacy. I'm getting so good at saying that. It is. We're studying a lot of literacy today. We are. Lots and lots and lots and lots of books all in one go. As always, we have an intro prepared. Yeah. Uh, well, I have an intro prepared because Jill likes to take it cash. Mm-hmm. I take it a little bit too seriously sometimes, maybe. <laughs> No, I don't. don't you, do the, you do the prep so that we look good. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun too because I get to learn stuff. Uh, so, in the Havelock and Napier of Hawke's Bay, you will find two very special bookstores. They have won the Nielsen Bookshop of the Year Award at the Book Trade Industry Awards. They are run by the author, magician, and entertainer Gareth Ward, who appeared here on this show, as well as the star of today's show, who boasts ten years of primary and intermediate school teaching experience. And while, quote, an unwise amount of savings was apparently poured into bringing Wardini books to life, it has certainly become a very wise investment indeed. So today, we welcome to a study in literacy to talk about everything from her life and origins to where she is today as the owner of two very successful bookstores of Hawke's Bay, Louise Ward. Hey, kia ora Luke, kia ora Jill. Hey. How's it going? Good, yeah. Nice to sit down for a bit. It is. It always is. <laughs> We're giving you a nice break in you your are. day. It's rather lovely. <laughs> Very relaxed. Thank you. Jill, do you have any questions that you want to start off with? My main first question is just, what is the funnest part of running a bookstore, or owning and running a bookstore? I think, like anything you do that you have complete autonomy over, mm. you can do what you like. So, within reason, because... Oh, yeah. You know, obviously we have to have buy-in from our customers. We can't be um, too weird. But I think that's the, the the funnest part is that you get to get up in the morning and go, right, something different's going to happen today. I'm in control of it and nobody can boss me about. Well, then is there anything you don't like doing? Is it that, oh, my God, I have to do that again job? Uh, so early on it was the GST returns. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, anything like that because we weren't business people before mm. we went into um, retail. So... We have oh, we are ideas people and action people and events yep. and that kind of thing. But like, what? Do you, oh, yeah, I've got to do the tax mm. and I've got to do... And then when we started to employ people, it was like understanding employment law, which my employees helped me with, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So now I've got my head all around that. I am quite an admin nerd, so I do like it. But to begin with, that wasn't fun because it was yeah. hard and it was unknown that does not sound like the best part of owning a bookstore in my no. opinion no. like the books and the people the and that and that would people. be it yeah yeah you talk about um, not being too weird and doing something different every day you mm. guys do do a lot of uh events yeah we do throughout pretty much every week as far as i can tell yeah there's generally something going on mm-hmm. so my goal for next year is to get a much bigger diary because this one <laughs> is just you know how you have like your month ahead and yep. it's maybe you know a couple of like a block you know yes yeah. three inches square or something uh that's not big enough mm. <laughs> so, i always just assume mm. that was your notes book on books you've read because it's too small to keep track of everything you're doing but i do make notes in it too but then we've just started doing like um a weekly sheet that we keep in the loo at home Mm -hmm. because then you can just sit there and go right what's today what's going on (laughs) what's happening what's happening tomorrow yeah so that's a different kind of study a different kind of study (laughs) yeah indeed yeah yes well you wouldn't have any interruptions so you know you could actually give it a decent chunk of time if you need to have a look <laughs> the, do- the dog's normally pouring at the door oh yeah we do not apart have a from dog. that 
One of the things that uh, that I brought up with Rebecca Lagos, who we interviewed last week, um, sorry, the week before actually, it goes by so quick now. It does. It does. We keep just flying through very <laughs> interesting people. Um, there's uh, more to someone than just their profession. So I'm interested to know how, uh, like I say, you have many years of teaching experience. How did you get from um, being, you know, a kid, get into teaching, and now you've moved on to this? Mm. How did that all come about? I suppose as a as a child, my main interests were reading. So on my own in my room reading, having to be told to go outside into the sunshine, <laughs> and music. So I've always been um, really desperate to play music, and nobody else in the family did, so that was a big thing. At seven years old, having an aptitude test and, and being given free lessons. So I started playing the violin when I was about seven. Wow. So, yeah, so it was always music, books, and going through school, it was always English literature all the way through, and that's what I studied at university. And then, of course, you come out at the other end of university, and where are the jobs? Yeah. <laughs> this was early 90s in the UK. I got a job as a police officer. Oh, wow. How did that fit in? I don't know. So, with, your English, with your English lit study yeah, to be exactly. police officer. Mm-hmm. There are some very strangely qualified people wandering yep. around in a, in a uniform. I can um, imagine. Yeah, so that's what I did first, and then various things happened, and I had the children, and I re- that's when I retrained as a teacher. Right. And having musical proficiency in primary schools is really valuable mm-hmm. in the UK and in here because um, not many people have it. And mm. so, you know, if there's a primary teacher that can teach all the, the basic you know, English, math, science, and then they've got music as well, you're really employable, and that's actually what got us into New Zealand. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, on the, um, the residency visa... Because um, if you've got a job, of course, then you get more points and, and all that kind of thing. So um, that I was employable in that area mm. really helped us to be here. Yeah. So yay. Teaching yeah. is always a very employable trait, I mm. think. Uh, mm. Everyone's always looking for highly skilled professional teachers. It's how my grandmother got in. Mm. She was British born. Yeah. And um, because she knew... Uh, maths and physics mm. very sought after yeah. um, they pretty much said yes immediately yeah mm. so, and, and teachers are flexible so you know yeah that's right oh you're a maths teacher can you do it in English as well yeah. <laughs> sure I was going to say other than music and English because you've said you like books and music what yeah. was your next favourite subject to teach um it might have been science actually Ooh. yeah oh. I think because at primary level you don't have to have huge knowledge no. you've got to be one step ahead of the kids all the time so you know it'd be really cool thinking okay well what is um how do you make a circuit or what is potential energy you know and then you could go and, you, and being the teacher and having those pedagogy skills you could immediately think well okay i'll get some toy cars and i'll do this them going down a ramp and you know <laughs> so you've once you've got that little bit of knowledge and you've gend up just before the kids then then the skill of the teacher is to to do something interesting to get it across mm. to them yeah, so probably science. Yeah, cool. Wow, okay. So then um, uh, a story I found from 2018 mentioned Gareth apparently passing Janeth books in Havelock North five years prior. Uh, when was the actual launch of the store when you guys opened? Ooh. Where are we now? 2020. 2020. We've been open there, I think it will be nine years in March, April time, next year. Okay. So kept back for back from that gotcha I'm not very good at time <laughs> are you going to have a 10th birthday we should do shouldn't we, should we? so 2022 yeah. we should have a big old party I think so okay Jill 
Yeah. I could do some story narrations if you want. <laughs> I can bring a radio station. Yay! <laughs> just the whole thing. Just like pack it up in my we're, car. We're going to get the crane. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Cleo's good. Cleo will transport it. You've, nice. got, a, you've got a radio kidnapper's yeah. mobile car thing. Well, no, we've got my car that's got ah. stickers on the side. But she's a big car. Yeah. She can transport it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, that's the plan, the inaction. I like it. So you, so you go from the UK to teaching mm. to which one of you said... Hey, we should open a bookstop. I think it was probably Gareth. We'd started looking at doing different things. I'm trying to remember where he was working. He was in IT and I was teaching. And at that point, I'd become assistant principal at mm-hmm. the intermediate school. And things weren't really, you know, I'd lost my mojo for it. You kind of not doing the job that you wanted to do you know it was mm. too much management stuff and so As, there gets to be a lot of admin when you start moving up the ranks yeah, doesn't which there? is okay but you know it's not the creative part that mm. i wanted to do because i've been teaching music and drama and stuff there too and it was really good fun um so i think he's we, we looked at um other business options and he did wander by jan f books and see the for sale sign and um said what do you think and i said i think yes and so we started to investigate it and then against much good advice decided to buy it <laughs> with as that quote that i found yeah. an unwise amount of an savings unwise amount of savings <laughs> yeah sounds like something we'd say yeah so the the setup how did you, how did you guys go about setting up uh the store or the stores yeah um yeah. because you were transforming a, something that was already a bookshop what kind of changes went into it mm. so like you say it had the structure there mm. and it had stock although margaret who owned it as jan f books had run it down because she thought she wasn't going to sell it mm. um so we bought quite a bit of that stock right and got in touch with reps from the ma- major publishers and the independent publishers and new zealand publishers and said right what what do we need you know and we had a lot of help with that so margaret stayed on um to just see us through how you run a bookstore you oh, know wonderful. yeah sort of you know and it was still her systems were all really paper and pencil there was and faxing your orders off and stuff like that so gareth immediately went into techie mode and said well <laughs> there must be a computer system that can do this and he built one initially wow and then yeah and it was really good but it didn't talk to the rest of the community right. and so um we've we've bought one um that runs and you can yeah see what else is going on in your book selling world so mm. yeah so that's how it began and then we just did a lot of renovating eventually and changed the name because we said it's jan f to begin with and then slowly slowly um painted and changed the colors mm-hmm. and did a bit of restructuring inside to make it the beautiful magical red and gold place mm. that it is now mm. yeah your logo on your hoodies and t-shirts is awesome yeah who came up with that andy haywood Ooh. he did well we came up with it yeah we wanted that is a bit of a nod to harry potter with that feather the that's quill. what i do think of when i see him yeah and the and the books flying off the end of the quill mm. um and i could see it in my head but have no art skills at all and, and gareth he's a bit more arty than me but you know we're like well who do we know who's a really wonderful designer and artist and at that point that was Andy Haywood. Ooh, nice. Yeah, the king of Homoana. He's got all sorts <laughs> of names. And he's, um, he's, he's part of the collective that is the uh, Department of Curiosities and Fine Things over yep. in Napier. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, beautiful stuff. So yeah. he does um, lots of stuff, all their cards and badges and weird and wonderful stuff he does. So, yeah, we approached him and we explained it. And he went, what? Like that. And we went, that's exactly right. In the way that artists can. Perhaps he should be in the police force as the sketch artist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. 
How did you come up with the colour scheme? Because those colours work super good together. Yeah, we've always had, like, we had a, a house when we were first married, first having children, I think, and, and that was very colourful. And we'd had sort of red and gold, I think, going up the staircase. And um, so that was already in our heads. And, of course, they are Gryffindor colours mm. also. I was mm. going to ask that. Yeah, so... I th- it just felt right. Are you both Gryffindor people then? We are. As a staff, we made Gareth take the Pottermore test in <laughs> yes. front of everybody because we yes. thought he'd cheat. Okay. And he did because it's a bit like, mm, is he going to be Slytherin? Is he going to be Gryffindor? Well, just- I just want to say I'm Slytherin and I'm proud of it. I think you should be. Yeah. Even yeah. when I lie and try and get Gryffindor, I get Slytherin. It just knows. Because you are a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. why else would you be lying? <laughs> well, I was curious to see if I went against my nature if I got something else. Yeah. And apparently, no. So, yeah. the, so the test is like a triple bluff. Yes. <laughs> but you're still a Slytherin. Still, yeah. Yep. That's fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what mine is. I think I did it when, when I first heard about Pottermore, maybe I don't know, five years ago, six mm. years ago. And I did it, and I was like, oh. And then I just carried on, and I forgot. I, <laughs> it's left yeah. my head. I've done it many times. A lot of Hufflepuffs in books. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of our staff are, and a lot of librarians are Hufflepuff. I'm a trained librarian. Mm -hmm. So I'd be the one probably Slytherin one out there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is is doing that test part of the job description when you you get a (laughs) job there? No, it wasn't even our idea. It should be part of the interview process. (laughs) (laughs) Just see how willing they are to do it. Just bumbling around the staff at one point, that's all. Yeah. (laughs) I think the only time I don't get Slytherin is when you do it based on what dessert you like, and then I'm Hufflepuff. Oh. Yeah. That was a very weird test. I was like, okay, so based on what sweet food I like to consume. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. And yeah. if you like aniseed, you get kicked yeah. out. <laughs> it's awful stuff. <laughs> it's really gross. I love it. It <laughs> smells so bad. Ken will eat it at his desk, and I'll screw my nose up, and he knows it's because he's eating his aniseed. It's like, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Um, so naturally, we have the the very broad question: your favourite thing about working there, about owning it, about running it, mm. um, I or think, things rather. We shouldn't now let down yeah. to just one. Yeah, again, it is that autonomy, mm-hmm. but then it's the opportunities that you find whilst you're in there and in that trade that the book selling trade is really collegial mm-hmm. like especially among the independent booksellers in New Zealand so um, you know you communicate with people and now I review things on here on Radio Kidnappers mm. and sometimes on Radio New Zealand and in the newspapers and you know so I've I've developed my non-fiction writing skills mm-hmm. and that's been really cool for me personally and also getting involved with the Readers and Writers Charitable Trust um, because we do the Readers and Writers Festival. Mm-hmm. So I'm involved with that and that's been really cool. So then you contact authors and you get relationships with authors, some of whom you're quite in awe of, you know. I've been emailing, you know, Satipinio Regan mm. and Witty Ihimeira and, you know, people like that just in the past week and you, and you, you find yourself doing it and, you know, you, you get to the stage where you're going, Kia ora, mate, how's it, you know, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, this is, oh, this is quite amazing. Suddenly you're speaking casually to a world-renowned. Yeah, exactly. And so that's a really, a really cool part of it. So the opportunities that it throws under your mm. feet. I was going to say, have you had a, like a fangirl moment where you've met like a favourite <laughs> author and has gone, oh my God, it's... I'm pretty cool now. And if if I know that it's going to happen, I'm always quite chill about it because mm. yeah, you know, people are people. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. And, and but the one person that got me was when it was quite busy in the shop, so it was probably in the summer sometime. And someone said, "Excuse me," and I turned around and I saw this lady and I recognised her. And she said, "Oh, do you have? Um, let me remember my be- my 
Beautiful Friend or whatever it was, um, the Neapolitan novels. And I said, yes. And I looked to, to the man that was with her and I went, oh, and it was Sam Neill. <laughs> wow. I would say the same thing on that day. dropped. Oh. And he just rolled his eyes. <laughs> Oh, yes, I do have that novel. Come yeah. with me. I can see <laughs> yeah. him doing that. Yeah, he yeah. was perfectly lovely, but he was just like, oh, yeah. here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> just wasn't expecting it. <laughs> it's like one of those, if I knew you were coming, I would have got my composure yeah. on. It would be fine. And we had Nadia Lim just wander in with her little mm. one in oh, a yeah. push chair one day, and Kat and I were behind the counter going, is that Nadia Lim? Is it? Are you sure? Is it her? <laughs> and then she goes, I can hear you whispering. That's it. So you do get quite famous wow. people through every Are you night. able to get Anthony Horowitz in for me? Oh, maybe, maybe. I've, I was tweeting to him today. I was just wow. having a chat to him. It was great. He's really responsive on Twitter that, to everyone. Have a chat with him. He's really nice. That is really lovely. Because Alex Ryder has just been made into a TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm so, that was my teenhood. Alex Ryder was my teenhood oh you young thing um, <laughs> he is he's really young every, everyone was reading Cherub yeah uh, which was sort of post Alex Ryder uh, while Alex Ryder was still going Cherub came out and it became a huge new thing yeah I was really stubborn I just went no nah, nothing's better oh, well, <laughs> don't be ridiculous okay. you're allowed <laughs> have you gone back and read Cherub to see I how good it no. was kids um, still love them they sell really strongly yeah. mm. now and mm, Alex yeah. Ryder books are still going he, he still kept that series yeah, alive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was chatting to him about his Power of Five series. Yeah. Which uh, he said that it's his least well-known. Mm. And I said to him, well, I discovered it when I was about 15. And I think that's what opened my mind up to cosmic horror as a genre. And I said to him, when, after I read it, I went, oh, you can tell that sort of story in books, can you? Because uh-huh. I'd never <laughs> experienced anything like it before. And yeah. he said, thank you so much. I'm really happy. <laughs> That's great interaction. Um, yeah, it's, he, he is very active. Yeah. Um, have there been any authors that come in that um, that do just hang around and have a chat? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if they're in town, hmm. some will introduce themselves. Some will just be, you know, pottering about. Uh, it's always awkward if you don't have their book. <laughs> I see. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. But mostly we we do. So you know we get Catherine Robertson comes through quite mm. a bit, and she's got a place out at Hamwana. And um, I did fangirl Elizabeth Knox one time. She was here for festival before <laughs> I was involved with Regis Writers Festival, and she came into the shop and. Gareth sort of trailed her around <laughs> and she was looking at all the books that he really loves to read and he was like she was like oh there's a new Lockwood and Co and so he was all excited about mm-hmm. that and I fangirled her about um oh god see it's one of my favorite books and it's just gone completely out of my head it's what happened the one with the angel in it it'll come back to me later it's fine the best defense if you don't hear the book you just say oh it's just sold out yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We bought yeah. 20 copies and they've all and sold yeah, out. We've just managed to fill the gap where it sits on the shelf. <laughs> See, I'm not a Slytherin and I can't lie. No. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure like Gryffindor can lie. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any famous people that come through that are not what you'd expect and kind of rude or grumpy or just horrible people? Without naming names, we don't want yeah. to be mean to them. I don't think so. I think we've... Because um, like, like I've said before, most people in the book trade are really interesting people and lovely so yeah. you don't meet many authors especially kiwi authors that are up up themselves yeah. you know you might get the odd one or two that you're the you're the bookseller at their event and and they forget really that you're there and they don't acknowledge you and you know you just think oh they're busy mm-hmm. but yeah. most people are lovely you know and thank you for being here and and you have good chats and then you've made it's, it's a good idea for vo- for um 
authors to get on the good side of booksellers because you are the ones putting their books into people's hands. Yes, yes, you're the one that will review it and tell people, hey, yeah. this is a really good book, you should read it, or yeah. just not mention it at all. But I can't think of anyone horrible. Yeah, it's good. That Great, makes, isn't it? really good. That yeah, makes sense because in that industry, all of you are there for sort of the same reason because yeah. you love creativity and openness mm. and diversity of cast and character. Yeah. Um, so, and if you're a bit of a git, no one's going to want you to come to their festival, <laughs> yeah, are they? That's you know, because right. we don't get yeah. round. I was going to say, surely you want repeat invites. So you've got to be a nice person. If, if you're, you're delightful and, and easy to work with, and yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah then you'll be asked back. Yeah. Mm. I saw I saw in a couple of interviews uh, that post lockdown there was a bit of a resurgence, like a big rush of people coming back mm. and going, Oh my god, I'm so glad that you're that you're yeah. still here yeah. and they're really excited to come in. What was that like? It was it was emotional and we, we kept using that word all the time because there were tears. People would come in and we'd go, oh my God, how are you? And you still couldn't hug people, could you? You know, at level two, really. Oh, I skipped mm. that part. I was hugging <laughs> in level three. Oh, yeah. So Not strangers, though, people I knew. No, no strangers, yes, your yeah. friends you were allowed to hug. Yeah. But, you know, people that came into the shop and they they used to come in maybe once a week or mm. just when they're passing and they'd know you in the street and, and all our team... And it was really emotional. There were mm. tears that we're glad you're here and we're glad that we can come in and speak to you and mm. see what's going on. People have such really deep connections to books and the pushers of books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, books. I like that both of your stores came through. I would have been... I mean, I don't go to the Napier one very often, in all fitness. I don't go to Havelock all that often because you bring me what I need. I do bring you. I am your personal bookseller. It is the perfect relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, But I would have been gutted if one of the shops had to shut because Mm. of whatever reason. I would have hated COVID even more. Yeah. Yeah, It's a little bit of a shock to the system, I think, to think, well, okay, my money needs to stay here at home Mm. because if I keep chucking it off seas, these little people who I really like to be Mm. there, they Mm. won't be there. And people have really got that. I think so, It's been yeah. good. It's been good for small retail, I think. Not necessarily the bigger ones. I think you read in the papers about the warehouse having problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was the, you know, there's the Bar Goldings in Wellington, and I heard him on the radio one day, and he just said, look, we're too small to fail. And I thought I took that and put yep. it in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yep. Yeah. We're yep. too small to fail. The, my, the, sorry, My favourite pub or bar or whatever you want to call it, Jack's, I was stoked that it's been pretty packed since. Mm. And as they've said, because I go there a little bit too often, potentially. Mm. As I said, the, everyone just loves them so much that no one's willing to let them not yeah. continue. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's the same with books. Like you need a you need a bookshop that you will actually look for a book that you want. And like mm. you guys, you will listen to my, I need this cover and it needs to be this high. We've even measured them, haven't <laughs> we? We have do? measured yes. them. Wow. It needs to yeah. look proper on my bookcase. Yeah. Cool. yeah. That's fair the enough Because yeah. a book lover will have certain rules about how things work in the book world and yes. that's fine we can we can cater for that and it's not fair when an author has two different covers and then amongst those two different covers two different heights i mean how's a girl def- meant to work in defense of the author it won't be their fault it's the publishers no, mm. i've noticed that mm. the different heights based on different publishers and yeah. it's frustrating very much so the thing yeah. i always hate the most i think my sister hates it too because she was a really avid book reader i don't know about anymore she's got kids now mm. um, uh, a one and a two-year-old Give her a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they get um, older, she can read when they, yeah. they can entertain themselves. Yeah. Literally, their birthdays have just been and gone, and one of them's coming up. Uh, mm. But uh, where there's matching bookings, and then the next book comes out, and it's totally different. Yeah. And so oh, when you've got it on your bookshelf, it goes, oh, no. Mm. 
yeah. it's not fair. It's yeah. not fair. No. I'm surprised there's not been more kickback about that kind of thing. No. Yeah. Mm. I had one series that frustrated me because some, like in the middle of it, they changed. And so to get the same design of cover, I had to go with the higher book. But to get the same sized book, I had to go with the different cover. Mm. Mm. I had a big, long discussion with my brother who just told me to get whichever book. And I was like, but either the height or the covers change. Like, it's not acceptable. He doesn't I, understand. I stopped getting that series and took what I had to the up shop. That oh, was my solution. Yeah. That is really extreme. It wasn't the greatest. I mean, it was a good series, but <laughs> yeah, not the not greatest. greatest. Okay, so all right then. That's fine. The one that I love currently goes eh, up yeah, and down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting whatever I can. Ah, well. <laughs> it's like a line graph. A line graph of books. It's like yes. a bar graph, more. Obvious question. Favorite author, book series. Um, uh, series in general mm. it changes all the time because we read so much mm. so i'm a big fan of matt haig okay. and he's written for children he's written non-fiction based around his anxiety and the collective anxiety of the world in the modern era you right. know <laughs> and how just stop looking at instagram because it will drive you mad yeah. um and his grown-up novels and they all deal with what it is to be a human being so one of them's even called the humans and it's about an alien who is beamed to earth because a mathematician on earth has cracked this code that's going to change the course of human and alien history and so he has to go and make sure that this mathematician has not told anybody and so he's beamed to earth and he inhabits the man's body thereby killing him it oh. wasn't very nice so it's okay but the man's the mathematician's wife and son just think that everything's carrying on as normal but mm-hmm. it's this alien guy and he has to learn human behavior through oh. this quite dysfunctional family and the dog and the dog's lovely Oh. And he has more in common with the dog than <laughs> the other humans. I, so he I does do stuff kind of like feel that. like there's almost an average family these days that people mm. relate more to the pets. Yeah, well, they don't the give you any, any crap, do they? Yeah, they're know? not sitting on social media when you're trying to talk to them. Yeah. They don't have their phone out at the dinner no, table. Exactly. They're yeah. looking, hanging on your every word. Yeah. And waiting, waiting for, for you tea. to come home. Yes. Wait, waiting for the, the word starting with W. Yes. yes. <laughs> or D for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you be your your suggestion be for someone who is first getting into reading? Mm. What Are there people who come in and go, I don't know where to start? Yeah, yeah. And then we would ask further follow-up questions to that. I mean, quite often it would be like your sister. I haven't read for ages because I've had small children mm. and I, I'm tired and I can't concentrate, but I want a good story. Mm-hmm. And so that's enough information then to just start with a blurb. Well, this one's called The Switch and it's about a young woman in the corporate world and she burns out and she swaps lives with her grandmother so the mother's in london flatting going on tinder you know and all that kind of thing and then the young woman's in the countryside you know doing raffles <laughs> and stuff <laughs> you know so that's a nice easy one for that person but normally a person will come in and they'll say i've got my 11 year old and he used to read loads and now he's not and so we might go you know oh well have you tried alex Ryder or whatever mm. it is um or gareth ward's wonderful books mm-hmm. for or um adele that works with us so um there's there's a book out there for everyone and it's, it's good if we can just talk to them and say, okay, well, this one's a bit murdery. Can you do murder? Yes or no? You <laughs> know, and you sort murdery. of do, yeah, a bit murdery, <laughs> but not too gory, you know, and, and then you'll, you'll get, right, this is the one for you. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can prescribe it. We are book apothecaries. Mm. That's a really cool way to put it. I have, I have stolen that, that on from various business card. Book apothecary. Yes. I think that's probably yeah. my favourite thing that I've heard all month. <laughs> 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 
Go me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And apothecary is just a cool word. It's a great it is word. A good word. Apothecary. Like orchestra is another one of my favourites. It is. Yeah. That's a beautiful what, word. I don't know what it is about it. It's just a really cool word. It's, it's almost onomatopoeic, isn't it? Because you know all those... way about that word. Mm. Now all those sounds are going to come together in the orchestra. Yeah, yeah see, so my is... auntie plays in an orchestra, and I spend my life just telling her how screechy and horrible her viola is because <laughs> I know I know it annoys her. Oh, <laughs> And I am that I'm child. not sure we can be friends anymore, You, are, you are that child. <laughs> I am that, that child. child. <laughs> she knows I love her. Good. <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about books and stuff, but what do you do in your time off from the bookstore when you're not reading? Mm. What do you do? Are you ever not reading? <laughs> uh, well, I am not reading sometimes, and it's all been, but it's all been arty based. So I do play in two bands now. So Ooh. there's McCrag, which is a kind of a Celtic mashup thing that you know has a lot of Irish in um, influence, but we do other things with it. And um, and then the latest one is Ish, which is world ish music mm. <laughs> from oh, like you know it. It might be Arabic or Eastern European and that kind of thing. So okay. I'm the fiddler in that, and. Um, that's been heaps of fun and we just played a fringe gig that was sold out i would say absolutely packed venue for that so that's just the beginning well done just the beginning so that's taken up a lot of time with getting those that ready you know and then i i do run i i like to run and i run long distance and i haven't been doing enough of that recently with the reading and the writing reviews and the, Mm. the ishing so um that'll be the next thing that i need to get back into really mm. do you do audiobooks while you run no, i've tried it and i can't do it i don't listen to anything but because that is the way that my brain switches off mm. so when i'm running i'm normally my subconscious is sorting out things that have to be sorted out and i'm really just running and thinking about running mm. and listening to i do a lot of staring at trees and birds and things so I talk to a lot my of trees off. and birds and animals when I run. Yeah. Say hi to all the cows or whatever. Mm. Oh, Back I do when that. I'm running in Taranaki. Yeah. yeah. And wave at them. Yeah. People probably think I'm nuts. Doesn't matter, does it? No, that, that cow's looking at me. Yeah. It's only polite that I should say yeah. hello. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, especially yeah. when they like actually watch you as you're running past. You've cows got time are, to have a little bit of a conversation. Cows are a little bit scary. Yeah, they know. They know. I, I'm, I've been chased by a cow. <laughs> the dog and I were chased and I've it was scary. I've been chased by a sheep. It's freaky. It was a decently strong sheep mm. yeah cows are huge though yeah you stand yeah. next to one you'd need to stack yourself about 10 times to be the length of a cow yeah <laughs> we leapt over a fence and apparently you're supposed to let go of the dog because the dog will run away you know they yeah. know yeah. that that's what they're supposed yeah. to be, but i didn't and we were like scrambling over it. she's a big dog we're trying to scramble <laughs> over this fence because the cow was coming down a steep bank right at us I don't know what we've done to upset it. I'm just there. I think, you yeah, you there. just have yeah. to be there. Cows are a bit moody at times. Yeah, <laughs> but you're not to look them in the eye, so now we, we know that we don't look them in the eye. Mm. I look a lot of cows in the eye. Well, I wouldn't. And then I, the I calf size, I say, you're going to make a yum burger. <gasps> Jill. <laughs> That's lambs as well. cruel. You're going to have a nightmare in a few weeks where you're having a burger and it just grows eyes and mouth and goes, it I used to be to a you. cow. I've yeah. been doing this for years and I haven't had a nightmare yet. Yet. It's all going to come in a flood one day. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I took some questions from other people. Oh. Uh, I posted on Facebook and asked a couple of my colleagues. Oh. I said, what would you Ooh. ask a, a bookstore owner? Because I'd run out of stuff. Mm. <laughs> and I knew that Jill would have some stuff and that would just be able to sort of uh, shoot the stuff. Uh, and so I had one person who, um, it's kind of time to embrace some healthy hubris now. 
you have permission to do so. Uh, Pip has asked, uh, obviously she knew a bit about Wardini considering she asked this at all. She asks, what makes Wardini books so award-winning? Ah, that's a nice question. Mm. Mm. Um, It really is the physical environment. So we've talked about the red and the gold and the... You know, and mm. the way that we have the the bookshops set out, so that people do they come into the store, and if they've never been in there before, you can see people just stop and breathe and take mm. it in and look at. You know, we've got chalkboards with beautiful art by uh, Phoebe, who works with us. Mm. She's an artist and a bookseller. She also and has a show she's here. got a radio show Ooh. coming out on Radio Kidnappers. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, so she does a lot of that and the way that we display the books so that mostly you can see them face out. Mm. And it's just this visual feast. And then you are greeted in our shops. We don't ignore you. We, you know, if you don't want to talk to us, that's absolutely fine. But we'll give you the option. You know? I also like that you don't pounce. Like mm. you let people come in, have a bit of a browse before you go, can I help you? Mm. Yeah. Because uh, there's nothing worse than the moment you walk in the door yeah. being asked. It's like, well, I was just going to browse and then maybe ask you a question. Yeah. But now you've pounced on me. I'm just going to leave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, can I help you is, is actually yeah. quite aggressive. Well, why? You know, do yeah. I look? Do I look lost? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just say, hey, that's enough. I think that's it. You know, we'll yeah. wave out and we'll go, hi, you all right there? And, you know, mm. just ask me if you need anything. Mm. And, yeah. And people will then either not or they will or they're mm. really ready for a chat. Mm. So, um, and we do a lot of community stuff with schools and we have book clubs for everybody. Like mm-hmm. Phoebe's running LGBTQ plus one and Kat's got the sci-fi fantasy one and we've got, oh, how do you? Yes, yes Luke, Luke, up. Hello. <laughs> Oh, you'd love it. Honestly, so many people have found their tribe through that book club right. and made friends, you know, mm. and I wonder if you're know not alone. <laughs> I <laughs> need will. to take Jack Vance to them. <laughs> do it. Do it. So there's that. Um, yeah. So there's, there's something for everybody mm. in our bookshops and they're all welcome. Mm. And part of the reason as well, I think, um, that we won that award was our COVID response. Mm. And it was keep, keep keeping in touch with each other as a team because nobody could go into the bookshop. Mm-hmm. We had Zoom meetings and... All that kind of thing. Um, but keeping in touch with people through our email system and our social media and having a bit of fun. Mm. We did like book charades and daft yeah. things and the dog <laughs> got involved and it was, good. Quite, it was fun. Yeah. So how do you pick what books to buy? Because you guys have a great selection, but you're also not overcrowded. Mm. So how it's does balancing that work? Yeah. yeah. I think you have to look at what appeals. Well, I'm the book buyer and Gareth helps me. So it's got to be something that I think sounds cool. And experience of eight years of running a bookshop and know my customers aren't very interested in that, but this is what they will go for. Or sometimes you can say, well, Brandy will want that. you know, And you can actually name yeah. the person that will want that. So you're going to get at least one copy and then maybe Brandy will tell somebody else about it. So you're going to need five copies. and you know, So it's knowing your customers and trying to pick things that aren't going to be in the mainstream chain bookstores mm. you know so they might have a pile of the latest james patterson and that's fine and we'll stock that as well for our customers that want it but do they have that book that is purely about fungus mm. that we've sold a few of just recently it's <laughs> wow. a true story just about it's fungus. got the most incredible cover you know it's all sort of blue and there are these beautiful fungus on the front of it and it is about how certain fungi fungi communicate with one another and you know there's a whole lot more to know about fungus than you ever thought no wow no it's a scientific book really popular science book yeah so you know i've got that book not every store would have that book. no Mm. so it's that kind of thing yeah Mm. just having things that people are going to walk past and it's a browsable bookstore and they're just going to go 
That's fascinating. I did not know that The Secret Life of Cows would be so interesting. <laughs> and that's a book too, and it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that kind of thing. It's very often the cover of books that is a make or break, for me at least. Yeah. Um, I'm very sort of, I, I guess you could call it flippant. I, it, it's either got me or it doesn't. Mm. Um, a, a store in Napier some weeks ago, I brought it in to show you that steampunk mm. book. It was a steampunk art book mm. uh, that had sort of the history and examples of steampunk in media, how it's grown and everything like that. And it had this amazing cover, and I looked at it immediately bought it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. That, I think that's how we do choose because you we have do. to have some point of reference, don't you? Mm-hmm. And we review books as well that we really love. So if it's got one of our yellow tags reviews on it, that draws people in as well. Mm. What have they written about this one? Because we'll only review things we love, especially yeah. because you now ha- you will now have this reputation that they know they can trust that you have actually delved deeply yep. into it and yeah. reviewed it uh, to a really high degree. Yeah, you have all the staff review, eh? Yeah, like because I've noticed it's not just you or Gareth's names on the review tags, which Mm. I think is quite nice. Well, there are nine brains involved with with Mm. our stores. It's not one person, so yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good idea actually. And then there's range as well because Amy might read more of the murdery, murdery stuff, Mm. and the young adult stuff, and Phoebe reads the LGBTQ stuff, and Kat reads the sci-fi, and Nigel's a chef, so he can tell you what cookbooks work, and he's a bit more of a literary reader, Um, and Phil reads everything <laughs> it works in a way too though because you might go oh I really like these books that Kat's reviewed I will pay attention to her reviews going forward yeah. or something like that people do and they'll come in yeah. and they'll go oh hi where's Kat no. <laughs> and I've learned not to be offended by that <laughs> just a different reading style it is absolutely it is and they've got yeah. that relationship with her and they trust her and that happens for everybody like Adele mm. is the most knowledgeable person about children's books that I've ever met and so people will no offence, Lou, but where's Adele? And that's <laughs> absolutely as it should be. Yep. Do mm. they all have a say in what books you buy? Like, do they ever bring nope. forward to you and go, hey, this would be a good book? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. true. That does happen sometimes. Or, um, more likely, because we have to sift through so many lists of, from the major publishers, you know, they have a list per month, and it's quite a job to um, to pick the eyes out of it really mm-hmm. and to know what's going to get huge huge publicity but what um, our team will do is that we get advanced reading copies quite a lot of the time and so they will read things in advance and say how many of you ordered of this because I'm going to sell a lot of this because I love it and so that's where their knowledge and the fact that there are nine of us not just me um, means that yeah we stock stock things that way too that's cool mm, mm. it does democracy in a bookshop yeah. yeah, it's got to happen somewhere, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. And having that involvement will make the the whole environment there just much friendlier mm. and much mm. more of a positive team environment rather than just having the the dynamic of the boss and their employees. Yeah, yeah it's not no, like that at all. I'm not appreciated. I just work here. <laughs> oh, I really hope. I don't. I don't believe that they feel no. like that. I and know. so they always yeah. seem happy and yeah. cheerful mm. when you go in and yeah. If you don't like your job, it's a struggle to do that no, day in, day out. This is a vocation for my booksellers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that you all believe in. Yeah, mm. absolutely. There's a lot of passion there. We're really oh, yeah. nerdy about it. I love that yeah. whenever you go in and you want to talk about a book, guaranteed someone behind the counter has probably read it or something mm. similar and can yeah. say, oh, have you read this book? Yeah. And I think one of the times me and Joe were in there, we just went in to pick up a book that I'd ordered. And we sat and chat for like 10 minutes or something. Mm. And I left with like three other books I now need to read. Go team. (laughs) Yeah. That's wonderful. But it's awesome. Raise, raise, (laughs) raise. 
They've just had one. Shush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another question from Pip. This this one caught me off, caught me off guard because it's really specific. What's your favourite autobiography? Autobiography. Hmm. I do like a good autobiography, and it depends. Some people are just fascinating, aren't they? And then some have done specific things that you're interested in. So. Coming up to Readers Writers Festival, we mm-hmm. spoke about our love of running earlier yep. on. Um, so Matt Kalman's written a book called um, Oh God, I've completely it's 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 how he ran the coast to coast. Mm, I was going to say I saw that in the guide. The longest come up. day. It's called, called the longest day, um, and it was tackling the coast to coast and uh, beating depression. And so that was fascinating because it was a man who. Had a wife, young children, stellar career, um, winning journalism awards, and then just brain just went fizz, you know. And um, he managed to find himself again by putting himself through the coast to coast. And then he met, he did some training with Steve Gurney, who has won the coast to coast the longest day nine times. And so I've read his books as well, and he's fascinating absolutely fascinating the crazy stuff that that bloke's got up to with the science that he does the inventions that he does so um people that push themselves like that um and come back from things those are the people that Mm. that fascinate me okay Mm. have you ever read an autobiography that you really liked jill yeah jean Batten. I don't she know. Who that is. Oh, that wasn't an autobiography. That was a biography. Okay, Young Jean Batten. You should know. Jean educate Batten. Luke, please. Please educate yeah. me. I like I, learning. Well, I picked it up purely because it. And I don't know. It was a cute cover, black and white photo, pink writing on a mm. white creamish background, and she flew biplanes. So I love biplanes. Had to read it, and I'd vaguely learned about her at school. But she was so the first girl or woman or yep. person in general to fly from England to New Zealand. Wow. Yeah. It took her ages compared yeah. to nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. In a little plane being yeah. battered around by mm-hmm. storms. And, and two foul attempts or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh. And just the things she did to get the money for the flying lessons and the planes yeah. and whatnot. It's like... Yeah. And back in the her. day being female as well, yeah. she actually had to do a bit of flirting. Oh, I think and she did a bit more than a bit. I know. I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> she just used... What God gave her. Yeah. Basically. And she used to fly with the cat sometimes. Yeah. The oh, cat cool. went in the plane. <laughs> and like everyone yeah. that the author spoke to remembered her as being this lovely, always friendly, always happy to help you kind of person. Mm. But a bit sad at the end. It was super sad at the end. What it, happened to her? She died in an unknown village, but no one knew she died until the author managed to track her down in a mass grave. Wow. Yeah. She like, was unknown. Was it in a Greek island or Corsica or like Greek or Italy or somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah. She just um, went right, completely off grid. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. She wanted to go off grid, but she happened to get, she got bitten by, I think a dog or something. That's right. Yeah. And then her leg got infected and she just kept going, no, don't ring a doctor. I'll be fine. Uh. Um, and then her nurse or friend or whatever came in one day and she wasn't alive anymore. Mm. But nobody knew who she was. Right. Because mm. she didn't speak their language. They didn't really speak English. So she just got put in the mass grave with all the unknowns. I see. Yeah. But what a life. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah. The most amount of uh, learning about historical figures has been through uh, Sabaton history. Uh, Sabaton is a heavy metal band that oh. does military mm. history songs, oh. songs about military history. It's amazing. That's a bit interesting. And they yeah. now have a YouTube channel where it's Sabaton history and they get an actual historian. His name's Indy Nidell. And he talks about the story behind the songs. Mm. Um, and talking about women and flying, uh, one of their songs is called Night Witches, which is uh, a Russian 
uh, all-female division during World War One mm. um, that uh, broke through. There wasn't supposed to be a barrier because it was Soviet and it was all meant to be equal. But of course, the machismo was all there. And they broke through it all and they dropped a massive amount of ordnance on on the enemy. Mm. Um, and they, yeah, it's a huge story. Um, it's incredible to hear about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's quite a fun thing to go into. And then yeah. at the mm. end, the, they talk to the band members about the song itself. But yeah. otherwise, it's a good 15 minutes <laughs> of, of learning some real deep stuff about military history that it's you wouldn't not otherwise know. Like yeah. <laughs> Are you much of an e-book person? Not at all. Not at I all? don't read from screens. I no. don't like it. Mm. Do you do audio books at all or all your books, the paper proper? They proper are all books. paper, but I need to do more audio books because I do feel that, you know, if we're driving to Wellington or we're driving up to Auckland as we are for Armageddon in a couple of weeks, then that's a lot of time that you could mm-hmm. have heard a book in, you mm. know. So I need to. I did have it on one of my phones. I had the library app that you can yep. borrow the books from the library, but... Drop my phone down the toilet. Oh, and, uh, no, haven't I have haven't sorted it out on my new phone. So <laughs> I yeah. have heard from a friend of mine who listens to a lot of audiobooks. Mm. You've got to be very careful with what reader you get. Yeah, because if you get the wrong reader, the book's not very good. And it's like at least with paper version books, they're good. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're your own voices yeah. that you have made for those characters. Unless yeah. you get a translated version, that's not a very good translated <laughs> version. Sometimes, and then yeah. that's not good. Mm. <laughs> That's why you ask Wardini Books for a really good quality Absolutely. translated version of a book. Yes. Like, read this first and tell me if I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do you actually do some of those requests where people say, oh, I don't know if I like it. Could I come back in a week after you've read it? Well, we wouldn't deliberately do that because we have so much to read and we have to prioritise. But um, if we've said that we're going to read it, then they, that person will come back and say, what did you think? <laughs> So, yeah, it's not a bad way of doing it. Cool. Mm. It's how I do war books. My brother will read them because he's right into World War Two, And I'll be like, oh, well, I like that. And he's generally right when he goes yes or no. Yep, that's um, good. The one I'm currently attempting to read, he's like, I don't know why you want this. I don't think you'll like it. And I was like, yeah, but it looks like it'll be cool. And he is once again right. Yeah. Not enjoying it. That's annoying, isn't it? Annoying. Brother's being right. I don't always tell him that he's right. <gasps> He'll know now. He doesn't listen to this. This is like 45 minutes in. There's no way he's making it that far. <laughs> <laughs> no commitment. I know, my brother. He didn't even read my lockdown diary that I wrote. He's like, you wrote too many words. I read the first couple of sentences. <laughs> words bad. Yeah, <laughs> too long, didn't read. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> my mum listens to this. She listens to us live. It's yeah. great. Oh, how yeah. lovely. And she sees my messages during and sees yeah. you're doing great. It's awesome. I'm having a great time. <laughs> She's a good Luke, mama. Yeah, Luke's mum would be our biggest fan. Yeah. My mum is not. She realised it was an hour and stopped listening. Oh. <laughs> 55 minutes. <laughs> yeah, at least get it correct. So um, my, my colleague Robin asked about the uh, programmes and events that you do. Mm. Um, how do you go about organising them? Is it a difficult task or does everything sort of fall into place quite smoothly? It can be a difficult task. It can get quite complex, like with the Readers' Writers' Weekend that we've got coming mm-hmm. this weekend. Is it this Friday, weekend? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Yeah, so I thought it was a few more away. <laughs> you, you, you invite people and they say <laughs> yes, and you're like, brilliant, and then it begins. You mm-hmm. know, So that's massive. But just through the bookshop, um, sometimes it comes through the publishers and they'll say, uh, this, this author's doing a tour. Do you want them? And we're like, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get local authors that we will approach and or they will approach us and say can I launch my book at your shop 
and that's marvellous and so we help them by doing media for it you know social media and print and radio with you guys mm-hmm. so um yeah do you ever approach a local author that you've heard about with something going hey are you having a book launch anywhere or available if you want one or do they always come to you first um generally they'll they'll alert us that the book's coming or the publisher will alert us that the book's coming um sometimes i will like we had national bookshop day last year and we really wanted to raise the profile of local authors because we have got world-class published authors Mm. in hawks bay and people take them for granted because they're just there this is you know but all authors have to live somewhere don't they Mm -hmm. um and so we actually commissioned um authors to write little short stories and we put them on postcards and that was a really nice thing to do and they came into the shop and read them and did little writing workshops and things so that was an initiative an idea that we had um yeah so it's a bit of both really and again like everything it's it's about relationships so Mm. yeah so what's next for wardini books calm down a bit i think (laughs) maybe have a couple of nights in (laughs) start planning their 10th birthday Mm. yeah that's it exactly what would be on the cards for that what sorts of things would you want to be doing i don't know really (laughs) i don't know because we tend to have like some kind of massive party every year because gareth's had three books Mm. in three years and we've had massive parties for those and they're huge so um yeah i suppose we are just always thinking and we're always having ideas and the the bigger an idea is the better because then you can pull the bits out of it they're actually doable mm-hmm. and all our stuff mm. are really good at that they'll just come up with this mad idea and we can then adapt it and make it happen so yeah there's always stuff happening as well with mm. you guys you know it's not like anyone would go oh nothing's happening at Aldini's at the moment no so not really boring no, there's always something going <laughs> yeah. on for the benefit mm. of everyone listening what does go on at Wardini Books on the regular yeah. and also special events that you hold maybe annually? Yeah, oh, that's a good question. So we always have book clubs. They've been a bit irregular because of lockdown and levels shifting about mm. and stuff like that. But book clubs are back up and running. So we have two grown-up ones in Havelock North, the sci-fi fantasy one, and four children's book clubs that I run on the first Sunday of the month so that was just the last one or whenever that was mm-hmm. time yep. flies doesn't it and then over in Napier Phoebe runs her LGBTQ plus one and um, Adele runs four children's book clubs and we've got a grown up general fiction book club so they happen regularly so if anybody wants to email me about those that would be cool uh, books at wardini.co.nz if anyone's interested in those and um, what else is on the regular a big regular yearly annual event is battle of the book clubs which we do for the acorn project Ooh. so that's a fundraiser yep. for the acorn project so gareth came up with the idea but he wanted to have like you know there are so many book clubs let's have a book quiz and get them all together mm. and um, just have fun with it and then we thought well that's a really cool idea we could do it as a fundraiser yep. and we'd had a bit to do with canteen when it was in hawks bay and then the funding ceased and it went you know just the big big um cities but Kerry Waby who was the coordinator for Canteen said well someone's got to look after these kids on their cancer journey and so she set up the Acorn Project and Mm. so we now do it in support of them and that's coming up we had to um, postpone in lockdown so it's now going to be the 26th of November and there's all sorts of rounds and people get together Mm. at the function centre and you know 
just just hilarious. And so I saw that coming up, and mm. Rob, who put it forward for our book club, said that he only wants people that will take it seriously. So that discluded. That's me. a bit of a shame. That's Jill. what I thought. But that's right. I'll join another book group for next year's one. Yeah, please do. Surely. I yeah. saw you post about a, a quiz night run by Theatre Hawks Bay. Yep. I'm keen. Sweet. I'll, I'll come along with you. Ken still won't share the answers with me, and oh. every answer I get right. When he pre-quizzes me, he takes him out of the quiz. Mm. <laughs> well, it's okay because I won the last quiz that awesome. I did. Uh, I did it with some colleagues. It was for um, Hastings Boys High. Mm, they nice. were um, for their cricket team. Want, were raising funds to go over to Kuala Lumpur, I think. Mm. But they were going overseas, um, and it was main. Most of it was sports, which makes sense. We had this one guy, Mikey, absolute. God of sports knowledge. <laughs> oh, you need one of those on a when team. It, oh, yeah. There mm. were two sports rounds, one of them cricket, and we just said, there you go. Yeah. And we yeah. just sat back, and he got all of them. Yeah. I was going to say, I can sit and watch sport for hours, but don't necessarily <laughs> take in stuff. Yeah, no. this was like historical data as well. Who won the match on the 3rd of February in 1970? And he knew yeah, it. It would have been a historical match. And uh, out of the 29 teams, we won. Wow. We came out on top. That, well, congratulations, can, yeah. that's impressive. I can proudly say that I did not come last <laughs> at the last Theatre Hooks Bay one. Awesome. We're quite good at coming last. We're always the youngest team by quite a lot, so mm. we have fun. That's all that matters. That yeah. is. Quizzes yeah, are a lot of fun because it also yeah. it helps you test your own knowledge and what you think you know. Yeah. Uh, and it's also just a really good bonding experience if you go with friends that you know well or not. Mm. Mm. Uh, so the last question, as always... We ask this to everyone. Did you want to ask? You can ask it. What question are you never asked, but you want to be asked? Oh, that's brilliant. I'd like to say, would you like a glass of wine? But mostly people do ask me that (laughs) because they know me. Um, uh, uh, I should have have prepped for this, shouldn't I? You should have. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I did. It's a really good question. (laughs) I don't know. Rebecca wants... Rebecca wanted to be asked if she wanted a sandwich. Yeah. That was her answer. Gareth wanted to be asked who his favourite film director was. Ah. I did listen to that show too. Yeah. I I can't remember what Rob's was. I don't think we asked Rob in the end. We were on far too many tangents. Here's my question. Uh, Oh, can we book your band? Yeah. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Get in touch, people. Can we do a Made in New Zealand with your band? Yeah. That would be cool. That would be great. Let's do that. Hey, is anyone in your band a singer-songwriter? Because we want to talk to a singer-songwriter and we don't know anyone that lives in Hawke's Bay. Do you know Stretch? He'd be brilliant. I don't know Stretch. He's on at Toy Toy on Tuesday, tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. We'll have to talk. 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 Mm. Yeah. See if he's free. He's a busy boy. Second album's just out. Ooh. Mm. We can... Luke's not as busy as some people, so we can probably work around him, yeah. depending on me. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. So for the final part of the show, quick fire, promotion. Promote mm-hmm. the store. What's the address? The Where's where oh, any books okay. located? Everything. We are 16 Tomato Road in Havelock North and 44 Hastings Street in Napier. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We don't do Twitter. Uh, what else do we do? What are the other things that you can do? We've got a website and you can we buy books online things. and we can ship them to you and stuff. And if you yeah. want specific measurements, etc., you can email <laughs> Lou. Yeah. Just email us. We can sort you out. And the yeah. answer is really fast. I sent Lou a message on Facebook about a minute later. I got a response saying, yep, yeah, we've got a line on this. 
Uh, unfortunately, it's not quite available at the moment. But it will be. But it will be, yeah. and I'm going to hold off. I need to stop buying stuff anyway. And I'm going to hold <laughs> off because support local. Thank you. Support yes. small businesses. Brilliant. Good message. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.